Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to Have You Seen That with T. It is your boy T with another dope pod to step to. And yeah, we're finally here, June 16th. This is a crazy weekend for movies. There are four big releases, at least on my radar, that are popping out this weekend. Um, five, if you're clu- including the Netflix movie Extraction 2, which I am. Um, so I'm going to review the movies that I did see this weekend. I went and saw two, uh, actually three movies in the theater this weekend. Um, I finally got a chance to go see Transformers Rise of the Beast. If you're listening to this podcast, there was a podcast I just released before this one, which was my uh, half year or mid year review of all of the movies that popped out this weekend, or I'm sorry, that came out um, before uh, June, right? So I just covered all of the movies of the first six months or first five months of the year. Um, and if you uh, listen to that one, you know that I thought Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was the best movie so far of the year. And after this weekend, I was thinking I'm probably going to have to change a lot of my rankings because I did see uh, two really good movies this weekend. And I'll start with the first one. And the first movie that I saw this weekend, um, uh, I saw it on Wednesday, was The Blackening. And The Blackening is a horror comedy uh, written and directed by Tim Story, uh, about eight friends who go out to a cabin in the woods, and they all just so happen to be black, right? And I saw the <laughs> first time I saw the the trailer and the preview, kind of like Get Out. I thought it was a parody. I thought they nobody would make this movie. And thank God somebody did make this movie. It's about time that we see uh, black actors, black characters in horror movies, even though we uh, are truly against all of the horror movie tropes, the whole running through the woods and falling down, the whole walking into a room, the whole splitting up. This is all covered in a blackening, right? Every single character is a black stereotype of a person. You had the stoic gangster uh, who's trying to change his life. Uh, you had the player who's trying to change his ways. You had the the straight final girl, as I, as I like to say, like the kind of vanilla cookie cutter uh, final girl. You had the, bl- the black and uh, half white biracial girl who acts extremely black and just knows every black fact known to mankind. Uh, kind of like trying to uh, uh, overcompensate, I guess you can say. Uh, you had the gay best friend uh, who was actually, to me, the best part of the whole movie. Dwayne was dope. Uh, actually, every character in this movie was dope. And then you had the side, uh, the the heavy set comic relief. I don't know why that's a trope in most movies. Uh, they always have a heavy set friend who's the comic relief and always delivers the one-liners and the zingers. Um, and this movie played out exactly the way I thought it was going to play out. It was so funny. Um, it, it was very little scares. I mean, there were some scares, of course, because people's lives are in danger. But it, the comedy just overwrote everything. It, it was so on the nose. It it was satirical, but at the same time, they didn't go into buffoonery, right? Every character was a real person. At least they played the characters to be a real person and not a cartoon character. Um, and, and it just worked. I really hope moving forward that they do do more of these movies uh, with more actors, bigger actors. Uh, I, I thought every actor in this movie was great, a very young cast, so they could move forward with this movie. 
Um, I won't tell you who survived, but not everyone survived. But at the same time, not everyone died, which is fantastic. And and that's not a spoiler at all. It's not telling you anything that you wouldn't know by watching any of the the, uh, trailers or anything like that. Uh, But it just is a fun movie, right? You know, the, the cabin in the woods trope. The, the redneck hillbilly killer trope, like all of these different things get put to the test um, and it just works, right? The killer reveal at the end, I think, was meant to be hokey like all horror movies are um, with a very ridiculous reason why the killer is the killer. Um, but it still works because it's still funny. Like it, it's it's funny in the blackest way possible. That's the only way I could really sum it up. <laughs> It's hilarious, right, Uh, on why the killer becomes the killer and tries to kill all of these black characters. Um, And, yeah, it was just just great. I enjoyed that movie a lot. Um, After I went and saw that movie, I saw a double feature Wednesday night because I missed it last week. I had family in town. The mom came in town for my my son's birthday. Uh, So we spent a lot of family time together. So I didn't get a chance to go see um, Transformers Rise of the Beast. Uh, in the movie theater last weekend, which is a shame because it was a really good movie. I would have loved to have reviewed it when it first came out to kind of let people know, hey, you know, you might want to go check this out. And I'm pretty sure uh, all of the people who wanted to check it out did check it out. Um, It was a solid movie. It was better than the last three Transformers movies, not as good as Bumblebee, which to to me is the best movie uh, made with any Transformers character in it. Um, Bumblebee was just a fantastic movie. It was just, it was made with so much heart. And Haley Stanfield, uh, Haley Stanfield uh, really made that movie better than what it should have been. Uh, and it really worked. And I think they took a lot of the heart in um, Bumblebee and they brought it to the Transformers uh, universe because a lot of the Transformers movies, uh, especially after I would say the first three, uh, they were just all these wooden. Pinocchio, lifeless, you know, just Cybertron battles or battles over Earth that just so happen to have Earth people in it. Um, This movie had a lot of that in it, but at the same time, the people that they had in it, Anthony Ramos, Dominic Fishback, uh, they were great characters to me, you know, and it might be because I like their personalities. They were both New Yorkers, which really, uh, really set it off for me. The whole vibe of the movie was like New York 90s vibe, the soundtrack, everything about the whole vibe of this movie worked for me toward, until the second act when they went to uh, Peru and, and the and the Maximals came into, into the picture. Uh, then it became tonally a different movie um, where it kind of lost its excitement. It lost the flair it had in the first half of, half of the movie. Uh, covering New York and just being in the city and just it, it just there would it's like a tale of two cities a tale of two halves of a movie you know the first half was really fun exciting you were learning that you're growing with these characters and the brother dynamic between the two brothers in the movie was fantastic um, and then you went to Peru and then, then it became a a robot fest where it was just robots big robots fighting big robots. Um, which can be fun, which I was excited to see it on the theater, on the big screen when the first Transformers came out. But uh, I think like with superhero movies, uh, it's kind of, we've kind of grown past it, you know, the awe, the ooh and awe of it, of it all. 
Um, and it, you know, the robot fight at the end was like any other robot fight in any other Transformers movie. Uh, and it kind of just ended on a whimper. It ended with an open-ended note, uh, meaning, of course, you know, if this movie makes money, even if it doesn't, because Bumblebee didn't make that much money, but um, they're still going to go forward with uh, their plans for this, you know, new Transformers universe that they're coming out with. And, and at the very end of the movie, they tease something very exciting uh, that I'm a little excited for. And hopefully they can pull off what they're trying to pull off. Um, so yeah, Transformers, that was a solid movie. Um, I think if you uh, you know, if you love those type of movies, if you love action and you want to see big robots beating up big robots on the screen, uh rent real still. Like watch Real Still, which one of is still one of the best, you know, robot movies, robot beat 'em up movies uh, of all times, because that movie had a lot of heart, kind of reminded me of the Iron Giant. Um, but you know, if you want to go to the theater this weekend, definitely go check out Transformers. But there's so much uh good stuff out there to watch other than Transformers. Uh third movie I watched this weekend was The Flash, right? And I finally got a chance to see The Flash, and the Flash is was exactly who I thought he was. It's exactly what I thought DCU would do, and it would make a terrible movie, right? So I if you've listened to this podcast, which there are a few of you who have listened to every single one of these podcasts, you know how I feel about Ezra Miller. I think he's a piece of shit human being. Um, but my my curiosity got me, right? So I kept hearing all these good things about The Flash. And I should have known better because it was the industry people who made The Flash saying how great it was, right? There were people producers and actors and directors and more producers because they put this money up for The Flash. Um, they want people like me to go see the movie, right? They were even talking about, oh, we're, Ezra Miller did such a great job. We want to bring him back for the next one. Please, God, don't. Because after watching this movie, it really surmised everything I thought of Ezra Miller's performance in the Justice League. It really made fun of Ezra Miller running like the Flash, looking like a complete idiot. Um, everything about this movie didn't work, right? The only thing that did work was Michael Keaton coming back as Batman. And that's only because I was a Batman 89 fanboy. Everything, Supergirl looked great. Don't get me I mean, she looked amazing in the suit, but everything else about her being in the movie was terrible. Everything about two Ezra Millers on the screen was terrible. The fact that they had two Ezra Millers and one was more obnoxious than the other one just really made me hate the movie even more. It was just downright atrocious what they did with this movie. They did so many reshoots. They did so much... You know, spending more money, and then the CGI came in looking, came out looking like the CGI came out looking. It looked horrible. It looked like something you could have made for fifty million dollars, and that's that's being generous, right? They spent two hundred and fifty. They spent over two hundred million dollars to make this movie. I don't know if they spent it all in advertising, but they didn't spend it on the visual effects because the visual effects looked poor at at best 
I mean, the visual effects were just amateur. Like the C- CW had better visual effects in the, in the Crisis of Infinite, you know, Infinite Earths. Uh, it was just bad. It was bad how bad this movie looked, and I felt bad um, for anybody who thought that this was a good look for them. Um, this was a bad movie. It was poorly written. It was poorly acted by Ezra Miller. Everything about his portrayal of Barry Allen just did not feel like Barry Allen. At this point, right, so I understand when the Justice League came out, the very new Flash being, you know, a new Flash and learning the ropes. So I, I can forgive you for that. But this is 10 years later, right? So at this point, he should have became or at least been closer to becoming the hero that he's supposed to become. And even at the end of the movie, after he saved the day, he still doesn't become the hero that Barry Allen should have became, right? Flashpoint should have changed him so much uh, emotionally, physically, and mentally that I should not have felt that way at the end of the movie. And I did. I still felt like he was the same person, um, just being the same human, making the same stupid jokes and being the same neurotic person. And it just didn't work. It really didn't. Um, And yeah, The Flash was just bad. Just a bad movie. So the fourth movie that I did watch this weekend was Extraction 2, right? Which completely saved the whole weekend. Um, Just a great movie, right? Chris Hemsworth, after the the original Extraction came out, kind of took everybody by storm, became the most watched Netflix movie of all time. And Extraction 2, while it probably won't have that type of fanfare, was better than the first one. Action nonstop from very from the very beginning uh, to the bitter end. Um, Chris Hemsworth and his team, I wish I knew his team's name, uh, the brother and sister uh, duo, um, they were just fantastic, right? Um, Chris Hemsworth, uh, all of the various unknown bad guys, they just were fantastic. They did their thing. Um, and the movie was so much better than I thought it could have had any rights of being. Um, and yeah, like it was just a, it was a good mo- weekend for movies. Um, definitely uh, Extraction 2 is on Netflix. If you want to watch an exciting action movie that kind of feels a little bit like John Wick, but at the same time a little bit like Raid Redemption. And that is the greatest compliment I could give any action movie. If you know my feelings about John Wick and Raid the Redemption, if you can put those two together and make a good action movie, then you've made a great action movie. And that's exactly what Extraction 2 is. Um, Definitely, if you have time, um, you know, watch Extraction 2 watch The Blackening, watch Transformers. If you can, just stare clear of The Flash. It is not a good movie at all. You're going to leave the theater disappointed. Uh, There is a post-credit scene in The Flash um, that has another cameo, uh, but it's not what you expect it to be. Um, Yeah, it just wasn't a fun movie. Just wasn't a good movie. All of the other movies that I mentioned earlier were better. Um, definitely go check those out. And yeah, I think on this note, I'm going to end this week's podcast because I don't have a top 10 list. I actually have somewhere I need to be very soon. 
Um, and I really hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Uh, if you've watched Elemental or Asteroid City, go ahead, shoot me a note on the Facebook uh, Have You Seen That With T Facebook page or the Have You Seen That With T YouTube channel. And let me know if either one of those movies are worth going to see. I did want to take my daughter to go see Elemental, but time is of the essence. It's really hard to see all these movies all at once while working and being a family man, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's going to end this week's podcast. I don't have a top 10, um, but next week I'm going to come back harder. Uh, no Hard Feelings comes out next weekend uh, with J-Law, and I'm going to uh, list my top 10 raunchy comedies, right? This is a rated R raunchy comedy, so I'm going to go back into the vault of all of those 80s, Porky's type comedies and just kind of list my top 10 of those and tell you how much of a man shall I am because of some of the movies that I loved in my past life when I was a teenager. Uh, but on that note, I'm going to end this week's podcast and I do thank you for listening and I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Definitely go see The Blackening. I can't say this enough. Go see The Blackening. It is definitely the best movie to go see this weekend. And then when you're home in the comfort of your own home, Go ahead and watch Extraction 2. It's definitely worth the wait. And next week, no hard feelings. And I'm also going to drop my Black Mirror review, right? This season six of Black Mirror just dropped. I watched the first episode, uh, which is called Joan is Awful, which is probably one of the best Black Mirror episodes I've ever seen. Uh, so it kind of set the tone, hopefully, for a great season six. Um, so I dropped my review of Black Mirror. I Normally don't do a series on the podcast, but I'm going to make an exception because Black Mirror might be the best horror series or best series I think that I've ever watched um, when it comes to a serialized uh, show. Um, so I'm definitely going to drop that next week because next week's kind of a slow week for movies um, because um, No Hard Feelings is the only thing in town. So we got to make up some time, right? Because this, this episode is pretty short. I kind of went through those movies really quick um, because, you know, I'm just kind of giving you an idea of what you should and shouldn't watch and not giving away too much plot details is very hard to do when reviewing a movie. Um, but other than that, I will catch you next time. And I do appreciate your listening and I appreciate everything you guys do. I appreciate the feedback. I always enjoy that. And on that note, catch you next week.